to Universal After Dark, a Universal podcast that's not the same as all the others. Hi and welcome to this week's super special Universal After Dark. I'm your host, as usual, Amanda, and I'm joined today by Nick. Hello. Craig. Bonjour. And our super, super special guest, the most excellent, Jason Ryan Perry. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi, we're so happy to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is fun. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, it's, uh, it's still, I guess, early, or not early evening, but yeah, I guess late afternoon over here. So what time is it over there for you guys? It's, it's like in the evening, right? Half past nine, nine almost, yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. My bedtime. <laughs> it's pretty much almost my bedtime, I'm not going to lie. But I'm staying up on a Friday especially for you. So, oh, guys. <laughs> let's kick off our usual start to the podcast with what we're drinking. So, I'm going to start with Nick. Thank you, Amanda. I, uh, I've actually, because of our special guest today, um, there, isn't, there isn't a themed beer that I could find for you, unfortunately. But uh, I did find a can of Duff beer. Now, oh, it's not what? well. Yeah, it's 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 clearly not the proper Duff beer, and it's not the Duff beer that we would drink in Universal. But it does come in a can that resembles Duff, and it has a very similar logo. I mean, similar enough that I'm surprised there's not lawsuits about it. But it is what it is. <laughs> so, cheers and hang on. There cheers. Go. Cheers. Oh, I feel don't... really jealous. <laughs> okay, Craig, why are you drinking it? Better not be as fancy as Duff. It's not fancy. I <laughs> I am tonight in honour drinking uh, Nick's drink because I'm in work in about seven hours. So I'm drinking Cherry Pepsi Max. Oh, yeah. that's weird for you. That is weird. I know it is. Okay, Jason, what are you drinking? I have a boring cup of coffee, but I'm drinking it out of my Bill and Ted's Excellent Halloween Adventure mug that I got last fall. Well, that makes it less boring. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if I drank coffee at like half past three or half past four in the afternoon, I'd be awake all night. Well, we don't know how long this podcast is going to go on for, so. Exactly. That's it's a true. long weekend. That is true. Okay, so I told you just before we started recording that I've done something naughty. So, regular listeners will know that for January, I decided I wasn't going to drink anymore. And I was like, no alcohol, I'm just going to drink water and healthy things, and I'm going to be on a health kick. I ruined it all today. <laughs> With? And I've got a beer. And it's not even a good beer, it's like the worst kind of beer. Oh, Bud Light. Ten no, special K. That's, no, right, Bud Light's fancy. Special tea. It's a Stella Artois. Ooh. That, that is good beer. Nice. No, no. it isn't, it's terrible. It's no. terrible beer. And that's, that was all I had in the house. And I was like, I feel like I'm having a really bad day. So I'm going to treat myself to a beer. And that's all I had. So now I feel like it's wasted. No, that's, oh. that's the beer of kings, that girl. It really isn't. No. 18 cans is my record in three hours. No, it's terrible. So I've drank like half of it. And I'm like, I'm, I'm having water now. I'm done with this. <laughs> oh, Amanda, come on. I mean, I've given up meat. And I'm still, I still haven't such meat. Well, you're stronger than I am. But not with meat. Like, I haven't had meat for 13 years, 14 years. But, like, with yeah. beer, you're, you're stronger I've, I've than I am. I've got some catching up to do. 
Yeah. Can you, Amanda, can you have wafer thin ham? No. No. No ham. Okay. Okay, let's get let's get into our special interview. So we've got loads and loads and loads of Halloween Horror Nights fans who of course know who you are, Jason, and they know you as of course Ted in Bill and Ted's excellent Halloween adventure. But I wanna instead of just focusing on that first, I wanna rewind a little bit and get to know Jason. All right. So how how did you get into acting? Like, how did you decide this is a thing that you wanted to do? Um, man, that's a great question. I it just kind of like fell into it. Um, I didn't really do any theater or anything growing up. Um, I I moved around a lot when I was younger because my father was in the Air Force, and uh, so we last settled in Tampa, and I decided to come to school in Orlando uh, to, at UCF and. One of those days, I remember walking through the student union and I saw like a posting for auditions for something. And I was like, you know what? I've got nothing else to do. So I'm going to check it out. And it happened to be for Universal for Halloween Horror Nights. Um, And this was back in 2003. And I remember going to Halloween Horror Nights for years because Tampa is not too far away. And so I was like, yeah, I'll check it out and see what it's like. And lo and behold, I got cast and I didn't know what I was doing. The audition was really weird. Um, I had to take my shirt off and... (laughs) Wow. Yeah, it was, it was very strange, but uh, I ended up getting cast in Jungle of Doom, and then uh, it all pretty much just started from there. Like, I, I, you know, fell into a world of Universal and loved it ever since. What? So you didn't have any other acting things before Halloween Horror Nights? You know, I, I did some, like, TV production stuff, like high school, very, very low-level kind of stuff, and, and just, you know, joking around with friends you know, that had like public access shows and, you know, the local community stuff like that, but nothing like no theater experience or anything like that. I, I was just very lucky to be honest. (laughs) That's crazy. I honestly assumed that you would have been like done theater at school and were maybe doing like commercials and things like that. And then, cause that's what you hear a lot with, with the, um, like theme park acting community is that they've grown up, they've always wanted to be actors. And I always think of Orlando as like a mini Hollywood. Yeah. Cause it's, it's so thriving with, with up and coming actors. So I just kind of always assumed that because you, you, you perform so well on the stage Oh, thank you. But obviously, you're just super, super lucky and super good at what you're doing. You didn't need all that training. <laughs> I mean, a lot of it, too, is just being around very talented people. Like, you're exactly right when you say it's kind of like a Hollywood because, you know, everyone, I'd say a lot of the people I work with, they're, they've been training their whole lives and that's something they've always wanted to do. And it's something that people are just too good at. And so, I mean, when you're working with people like that, somehow, sometimes it just makes you better. Um, you know, it makes you funnier. Even like, I, I'm not a dancer at all, but even, you know, you can even fake it a little bit to make it look like you blend in with everyone else. So, uh, but yeah, I, I feel like all the people around you are kind of what make you better and, you know, help you figure out what you need to do. And, you know, and everyone loves it. That sounds a little bit like podcasting, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> in a way, I, I think, I think we're, we're better because we hang around with each other. I think, uh, well, it's actually been proven, actually, when we're not all together, how how our shows can be. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, you get a good team, and you know you can accomplish anything. 
that's it so when you were so you you did different houses at halloween horror nights then how did you move from that to maybe applying for roles on was like was ted your first role in bill and ted or did you do other things first in the show yeah, that uh, that was my first um, role in the Bill and Ted show. Was playing Ted back in. I feel like everyone's listened to this. Like, how? How? <laughs> like all these struggling performers are like, how's he doing this? <laughs> I mean, it, it took a long time. I mean, for years I auditioned. Um, there was times I got callbacks. There was times I didn't. Uh, one year at the callbacks. Um, you know, they, they make you read like a side as a character and then, uh, they typically make you dance as well. Uh, I think it was like the first or second time I got called back. I was not prepared for it. I was wearing jeans and like, um, like, a, I don't know, a dress shirt or something like that. And so we're going to go warm up for the dancing portion of the audition. And I like squatted down to warm up my legs and I ripped my pants down. <laughs> like no joke. And I remember looking at my friend, Jeremy and uh and then he looked at me and he said well good thing you're wearing underwear tonight uh <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean I, I jumped around a lot like at universal um af- after i did halloween horror nights i did the macy's parade uh that year and then i just started working like random places like i worked at um the motown cafe for a little bit um i did halloween horror nights again at uh i think it was castle vampire was the next year i did um, and then just random little things. And then I ended up at fear factor. Uh, I, they opened the show and then I came in a couple months after that. And I started working in the, uh, casting area as one of those people out front that kind of puts people on the show. Um, did that for a few years. And then, um, you know, like I said, I was lucky enough. Like I kept working at it. I kept trying to get better and better. And I was seeing what people were doing. Um, and then I remember, I think it was 2007. I saw the last show. I was actually a, a I think I was an assistant stage manager that year. I saw the last show of Bill and Ted's uh, 2007. And I remember I was at the very top because it was so packed. And I remember saying to myself and my friend Adam that was with me, and I said, I'm going to do this show. And sure enough, that next year, I was given the chance and the opportunity and never looked back. That's crazy cool. So 2008 (laughs) was was your first time as Ted. Correct. Yeah, it was uh, Bill and Ted meet Hellboy. Were you ever present then, right up until the end? What's that? Were you ever present, Bill and Ted, then, from yeah. two thousand eight right to the end? Yeah. 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 That was it. So, well, this is a confession for me because I've only seen the Bill and Ted show uh, twice, and uh, I won't I won't bore you with the long the long story because we've said it on this show before, but. I went to Halloween Horror Nights in 2010 on my honeymoon uh, with my wife, and she uh, she hated the event. Uh, we did one house. We tried to do another house, but she got so hysterical because she couldn't. It was um, the Hades house that year, where there was lots of smoke as you walked in. We didn't do another house, so I was like, "Well, look, there's some shows we can see. Let's go and see a show." And we went to see Bill and Ted, and we we didn't get a chance to go back. Um, but she said she would only go to Halloween Horror Nights to go and see the Bill and Ted show. But she would go; she would pay the money to see that show. She enjoyed oh. it that much. And I've now found out that you know the the two times that I've seen it, 2010 and and obviously the last year, uh, you were there. So no. that makes me really happy. 
<laughs> they're kind of uh you know similar sets too and i think they're both kind of like a rock concert stage kind of thing so that's right yeah you're probably like why don't they switch it up <laughs> well, it's the same show every year well I've, the thing yeah. is you you just say that now i've now realized that the set changes every year <laughs> I just assumed it was the same set every year. <laughs> no, Nick. There's been some amazing sets. Like, I remember, I think maybe it was like 2005 or 2006, maybe. No, it must have been before that because it was at Islands of Adventure. And there was like the big Willy Wonka set. Yes. And yeah, I was that... like, what the hell? <laughs> like, there's been some crazy cool sets. Yeah, yeah, and and that's what's always been kind of like the problem with having it at Fear Factor. You know, when they had it at Islands of Adventure, they had the whole Toon Amphitheater that they can kind of take their time and, you know, start designing something from the ground up. But, I mean, Fear Factor, it's like you can put some really cool stuff in front of the facade, but essentially you still see that it is the Fear Factor stage. And that's why we kind of referenced it this year. Uh, you know, we kind of made a joke about it. Um, you know, Grim Reaper kind of says something. Um you know, about it being a crap hole. And, um, but it, it's funny. I mean, even with the facade, like they've still come out with some, you know, beautiful stuff like the circle 69. It looked like a circle K, uh, in the parking lot in front of it. Uh, we've had the, um, one year where it was like a frat house. Um, you know, all the, all the designs and set designs they put into it. Uh, they've all been amazing and they work so, so hard with such little time to put everything together that it, it's amazing. Exactly, because, I mean, there's never really much time between Fear Factor closing and then the show starting. Like, it's it's a very limited amount of time, and they do do such a good job. Yeah, everything. They do. Yeah, set design to lighting to audio, like, everything is done with such a quick turnaround that I, it, I just can't believe it. Every year that they do it, um, they work so hard, and it's one of those things where, you know, we joke around, they say they work all night, but they really do. Like, those people are really out there and, you know, putting things together. And once it comes together, though, it's 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 night and day. It's a completely different show. And it to me, quite frankly, it makes the show what it is today. So does that mean then that you, when you're rehearsing for the show, obviously you can't rehearse when the park's open, or do you rehearse when the park's open? Yeah, that's always tricky. Uh, the first couple of weeks we're in a rehearsal hall. Uh, because it's heavy, heavy uh, script reading and dancing. Um, so, you know, rehearsal hall is one of those where we have, uh, you know, a choreographer and then we have our dance captain. And they take us through every little detail of, uh, you know, the mid-show dance finale and opening, of course. Um, and then, yes, we do move it on to uh, the set to, you know, work on blocking, to figure out where everything is going to go. Um, and then, you know, when we first start off, we don't really have our microphones on because uh, it's just kind of figuring out where everyone's going to stand or where the scenes are going to take place. Uh, but eventually we do have our microphones and it's always kind of tricky because, you know, our show is more catered towards the, you know, adult crowd. So a lot of times the language isn't favorable to what the, you know, normal crowd would hear at a theme park. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like our podcast. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so we've got to kind of censor ourselves. Um, but, you know, all our rehearsals were, you know, mostly at night. So we'd be able to get a lot done after the park closed. And we'd be there till, you know, sometimes midnight, sometimes even later, uh, just to try to get everything done. Awesome. So then we have PJ, who is your bill. Yes. You guys seem like you're such a, like, the dream Bill and Ted team. 
Like I can't ever, like I think there was maybe one or two nights this year where some, like I think you were a night off and someone else was playing it and I was like they're doing a fantastic job but it's just not Bill and Ted. <laughs> Is it? Are you guys like that in real life? Like are you super close with him? Yeah, he's like my brother. Uh, I love that guy. He um, uh, we've been through a lot together and you know good and bad. It's been I'd say ninety nine percent good. You know of course there's always going to be bad times, but he and I have been through a lot. Um, and it's great. He's such a great guy. He's got such a great personality. Um, you know, we like the same stuff. And mo- most importantly, we understand each other. Um, you know, the, the big thing about the show is, you know, Bill and Ted are the most consistent characters where, you know, a lot of times we're on stage for a majority of the show. So, you know, if something goes wrong, uh, PJ's always been great about getting microphones or, you know, we try to ad lib things. Um you know, there was a, a show that happened this year where I think all the audio just cut off completely and, uh, you know, everything went haywire, but our microphones still work. So we just tried to, you know, put something together while they fixed everything and, you know, bless our audio techs and everybody that, that was able to adapt to it as well. But, you know, PJ is always there by my side. And the great thing is we're always able to help each other out. There's When you're doing so many shows, you're bound to make mistakes or forget your lines or zone out or what whatnot but uh the great thing is we're always there for each other and to help each other out and um and yeah i mean everybody that's done the show and everybody that's played that role is super talented but i i feel like pj is definitely up there he's he's definitely the best in my eyes you can definitely tell that like when when you're watching you two together you definitely get the vibe that you know you two are, are like bill and ted in real life <laughs> And it's adorable. So when so you decided to leave after the 2015 run? Yeah. Was it was that a hard decision to make? Was it hard to leave PJ? It it was it was definitely a hard decision to make. Um I felt bad because once the run was over, I pretty much decided that was it. I mean, I, it was such an amazing show that year, like, you know, the whole Coming out in the DeLorean with Doc Brown and, and Bill and Ted just at the beginning of the show, uh, that had to be the best opening that I've ever, you know, been a part of. Um, it was just crazy. And then that was the same year that, you know, Marty went uh, to the future in Back to the Future 2. So we had one night of shows. It was the same exact night that he came to the future. So, you know, just things like that. And at that point, that was my eighth year doing the show, I think it was. So I feel like I had done so much and I feel like it, it gets harder as, you know, as you get older and then as the, you know, Halloween Horror Night dates get longer or, you know, it started <laughs> yeah. beginning of September, it seems. And, you know, so it's like once summer hits, like June, July, you're already preparing for Halloween Horror Nights. Um, but I felt like I, I had already done so much and I was proud of what I've done. And I was like, you know, it's time for someone else to take over. Uh, I had my moment. And so, I mean, it was a hard decision because uh, after 2015's show, it was when uh, PJ got married. And oh. I made my decision, yeah, that I was I was done. And I couldn't tell him, like, before he got married or anything like that. So, you know, once he came back, um, I met up with him. We went to a bar, and I told him. And, and I felt like he understood, like – I don't think he wanted to believe me at first, but I felt like he knew what was best and, you know, we kind of compromised from there, but it, it, it was definitely a hard decision to leave. That's for sure. 
I bet, and I, I mean, I bet it was tiring too because I don't think a lot of people know that you work a full time job during the day. Yeah. And you, you still do that job during Halloween Horror Night season. Like, I was surprised when you'd be posting things on Instagram, like in the office, and I'm like, seriously? <laughs> like, I don't know how you actually functioned because you'd, you know, you'd go pretty much straight from work yeah. to the event, and then you, you know, you don't finish until like two o'clock in the morning so how did was that a big factor of it as well absolutely yeah and every year I've done Halloween Hornets or I'm sorry I've done villains heads I've always had a job during the day and there's a lot of people that are like that um you know other people have you know jobs uh, throughout the park so they kind of uh they kind of just adjust their schedule so that they're just doing Bill and Ted's but there's other people that were like me that also had day jobs you know elsewhere so uh, it is difficult, but the hardest part is being away from like family and friends. Like my fiance, um, I, she's done the show a couple years with me before, but it was always hard because we would never see each other. I'd, I'd see her at three in the morning and then I'd leave for work at like seven in the morning. Um, you know, so that was always hard on us, but you know, being with friends, you know, you, you don't have a life for months and, uh, but don't get me wrong, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I love doing the show. Um, I loved entertaining everyone and just playing the role of Ted. It was amazing. But you're exactly right. Working a day job and then trying to do the show at night, um, I would drive myself crazy sometimes. <laughs> I bet. Like, I was tired. I was there for three weeks and I was tired <laughs> going to Halloween Horror Nights and then getting back up to go to the park the next day. And I was like, how the hell is he doing this? He is a psychopath. <laughs> Essentially, that's, that's not that's nothing though. Um, Jason, you probably don't know. Well, I, I don't know why you would know this, but when me and Craig came to Universal uh, and saw you this year, we flew out of England on Friday afternoon, and we left Orlando the next Monday. Wow! Yeah, we literally came for the weekend. You are also insane. Well, yeah, that's quick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We got to the, the first night we got there. Um, we got in. I think we got to the the hotel about eight o'clock. Craig's gone quiet on me. I think it was about eight o'clock. And by the time we got to the parks, um, I think it was about nine ish. Yeah, that's right. Not I long... had my mute button on. <laughs> I've been gabbing the leg off you. I'd mute <laughs> and not long, not long after we'd got there, I think we'd done one house. And then it was a night at the Power Cup. It was a, the first... No, it was a second Friday, I think. And there was a Power Cut in half the park. And so there was this mass swarm coming over from, like, Men in Black area. <laughs> so we, we decided to cut our losses at about half past 11. But by that point, we'd been up for about 20-odd hours. Wow. Yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. But at the same time, I would do it again in a heartbeat. It was awesome. a crazy schedule, but I, I would do it again in a heartbeat. If Bill so and Ted was on next year, that is that's you know that's <laughs> that's provision. Yeah, but how how do you motivate yourself then? So like, if I've been at work all day and I get home at like six, I think I am getting a bath and I'm going to bed and I've got nothing left in me and I'm going to do anything. But you'd leave work and then go and do like four or five shows where you're dancing and you know, you're, you're ad-libbing and you're putting on a fantastic show. How how do you motivate yourself to do that? Yeah, I mean, I w- it was like Superman. I was living another life. Um, 
lots of coffee, of course. Like as soon as we got there, a group of us would go to Starbucks after our meeting and mic checks, and you know we'd down a bunch of coffee and espresso. Um, but I mean, honestly, for me, it was all fun. Like I'm there with a family. Like I'm there with a bunch of people uh, who I've spent a lot of time with, who all make me laugh, who are all incredibly talented. And I think just seeing those performers and being around those people, it kind of you know lifts you up a little bit. And uh, and especially the audience. Once the audience is out there and you start seeing familiar faces or you start seeing like packed houses, um, you know that definitely motivates you as well. And you know jumping out of the phone booth at the beginning of the show is like second to none. I mean the DeLorean was my favorite entrance as well. But you know just jumping out of it you kind of get a rush of of energy and adrenaline right there so that definitely helped as well i can see that because your your break didn't last long (laughs) (laughs) it was like the shortest break ever so i feel like it wasn't long after i'd come back from my May trip last year you'd posted a picture of the globe on twitter and i was like oh my god i'm so jealous and then i was like you can't see what i'm doing but i'm doing like the side eye emoji face so I was like, mm, something's going on here. Was that was that when you were having your talks about returning? Um, that was the beginning of it. That was actually when we started writing the show. Um, you know, Halloween Horror Nights is one of those events where, you know, they start working on the following year pretty much while the current year is going on. Um, they work tirelessly and endlessly throughout the entire year to do it. And so, you know, Bill and Ted's is one of those things where uh, – Jason Horn is the main writer and director. He's an incredibly funny guy, but he, this year especially, he had a lot going on. He was doing Volcano Bay. He does a lot of special events, um, like the celebration of Harry Potter, things like that. Um, so this year they brought in a couple of the writers to help him out, like a team. And it was uh, myself, uh, Katie Ford. She's been in the show before. Um, she played Pokey Girl, a uh, Pokemon Girl, I think it was a couple years ago, uh, and a couple other characters. Um, and then Joel Warren, I don't believe he's ever done the Bill and Ted show, but he's an incredibly funny uh, local actor. Uh, he works at the theme parks. Uh, he works at Sat Comedy Lounge or Sat Comedy Lab. Um, but we all sat in a room for a good two weeks and we're just coming up with ideas and jokes and stories and watching YouTube videos and Saturday Night Live and things like that. And, you know, that that is how we create the show. That's when we start writing the show was that earlier in the year. And we're trying to predict you know, what's going to happen throughout the rest of the year or, you know, what pop culture is going to bring us this year. So, um, so yeah, that was kind of like my sneak peek that I was, uh, I was coming back. I was still in talks about it, but I wasn't sure. I was like, you know what, we'll see. And then I finally, it was one day we were just, you know, chit chatting around and I was like, it just hit me and I was like, I have to, this it's for me. I've got to do it. (laughs) So did you know at that point that it was going to be the last one? Uh, no, I didn't. We we started writing the show and we put together an overall theme and what we wanted to have in it. And then I remember I came back, uh, it must have been a couple months later or so, and we were going to do rewrites and then a read-through for like the legal team and the executives. And then as soon as I got there, it must have been, I don't know, nine in the morning and I was still half asleep. And I was sitting in the room with Jason and Katie, and Jason told me, and I was floored. I, I didn't want to believe it. I couldn't believe it. I, I didn't think it was real. We'd, we'd always heard, every year we did the show, we always hear, like, you know, this is last year for it. They're going to replace it with something else next year. But 
it was one of those things where I, I, I thought I was imagining it and he told me and I, as bad as it sounds like I wanted to cry it was a big piece of my life and a big piece of my universal career and I just I didn't know what to do I was beside myself I don't think you're alone there because I think it floored everybody. Like I don't think anybody expected it. I think I I think I'd recorded a video like the day before and I was like, of course, Burn that's going back. That's a staple every single year. We don't even really need to talk too much about that because it's always going to be there. And then the next day, it was like, yeah, no, no more. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I I was telling people when I was done with it. You know, it was close to like I think the 25th year. Um, I was telling people they're going to do it for another 25 years because it was timeless to me. I felt like every year it was fresh. It was new. You know, we got to roast pop culture icons from that year. So we got to switch it up and make it a whole new show, which is unheard of in the theme park world. But I guess all good things must come to an end. And someone somewhere was like, this is this is it for them. Um, but yeah, that's that's where we were. And so I was... I went, we did the, the read-through for the legal team, and that's all I could think about. <laughs> oh, I would have been crying my eyes out. <laughs> Jason, can I, I don't want to, I don't want to be rude and ask your age, but I'll tell you no. mine. So I'm, uh, hang on, now I've got to do quick maths. 34? I think I'm 34. I'm around that age. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, I obviously don't know where you sit around that, that kind of age, but um, more than uh, even Amanda or Craig, I was at the right age when the first Bill and Ted film come out um, I remember seeing advertised, I remember buying the video um, when it came out and I watched it every week for for, ages, for months and then I found there was a cartoon and then I got obsessed with the cartoon and then there was a sequel but my whole uh, like kind of childhood had up to that point been like turtles and, and you know superheroes and stuff like that but once I found Bill and Ted, that was a kind of constant in my life. And even after the films, they started making films and, and the cartoons, it was still something that I went back and, and revisited. Um, and I got very excited at the age of 18 to finally buy some Bill and Ted action figures. Um, nice. Because they, when the cartoon came out and I made toys, they never came out in England. And I managed to get some long after anyone had, you know, was obviously still interested, but, and I was too old to play with them, but I loved them. So Bill and Ted has been a massive part of my life and something that I've now, well, I tried to share with my daughter, but she, to be fair, lost interest after about five minutes, but she's only four, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get her there. Um, but to me, knowing the show was there every year uh, was a kind of relief because it meant that it was still kind of kept out in the public. And like you say, although the show was Bill and Ted, you know, the main kind of things you were poking fun at were, you know, current things. The Sean Spicer thing being incredibly uh, relevant this year, I mean, that was was all over the place. And, you know, we kind of know who, who Sean Spicer is in the UK, but obviously, because of the Saturday Night Live thing, it really, yeah. it really exploded. So Bill and Ted was kind of like the glue... But I think the reason why it felt timeless was because every year it was changing. It was about what was current that year. Um, you know, I, I was I was again one of those people that was devastated when when they announced it. Um, do you have? And I might be asking the question. Amanda was going to ask. So apologies, but did you ever kind of get any 
explanation as to why. No, unfortunately. Um, and it's funny because people still ask me to this day, they're like, you know, what's what's replacing you guys? Like, why is it leaving? And, you know, even when, when Jason told me the news, um, he kind of just shrugged his shoulders because that was the first question I asked. I was, I was just like, why? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I don't think he knew either. And, and not a lot of people knew. Um, but I, I, I think it was just time. For some reason, I think Universal was just heading in another direction. They wanted to try something new, um, and nothing against them. I feel like, you know, if they are going to try something new, I feel like now's the time to do it. They've they've got the best team, they've got the best, uh, you know, entertainers, they've got the best singers, dancers, actors, stunt people. Uh, you know, the the crazy thing about Bill and Ted is you watch like shows from like years ago and and it was awesome that they had like a stunt show. Like I always loved that. Like I loved come seeing it and like. You know, they kind of included the Wild Wild West, uh, you know, show in it as well. But, you know, you look at it now and it's just completely different. It's a full on production. Um, like I mentioned earlier with like the set design and, and audio and, and lighting. Uh, but not just that, but like you said, like everything, you know, people can relate to it easily with uh, with Sharon playing, you know, Spicer like that. That brought down the house every night. Uh, heck, even a couple years ago when we did the. Um, Uh, Do you want to eat a snow cone bit like that? I remember just looking out into the audience on a nightly basis and just seeing people smile so big, which coming from a Halloween Horror Nights type event is unusual. You know, normally it's it's focusing on screams and and scaring people and fear. And, you know, this, you know, the great thing about Bill and Ted was it set itself apart from everything else. And it was it was your opportunity to go there for 40 minutes and just sit down and laugh and just enjoy it to not take anything seriously. And, you know, hopefully with whatever they replace it with can give people that same feeling. I really hope so. I feel like people are so attached to Bill and Ted with Halloween Horror Nights because it is the most recurring thing at Halloween Horror Nights. So like we've seen Bill and Ted since the second year of the event you know 27 years in wow so it's been the most constant thing at halloween horror nights and it's you know we we have always relied on it being there every year and it is a nice break away from being scared but it's also such a good and well put together show and like you said it, it does give people a chance to kind of forget what's going on in their lives and forget what's going on outside and i think it's going to be so missed now have to briefly interrupt the podcast to have a few words from our sponsors. The Tis After Dark podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.hhnunofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. (laughs) 
Hi, this is Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel, proud sponsor of the Dis After Dark podcast. How can you be prepared for your next Disney vacation? By booking with me. You don't want to be that guy that's stuck in the crowds, waiting in the four-hour Pandora lines, and being turned away at restaurants. Contact me at WPMagicJourneys.com. Tell me you heard this ad at Dis After Dark to get $25 off your deposit. Best of all, there's no charge for my services, so Hakuna Matata, because you will... And now, back to the show. Do you, like, do you think that Universal were prepared for how upset people were going to be? <laughs> you know, Universal always pulls out all the stops. Um, you know, they're all about surprises and things like that. I, I'm... Who knows what what will happen? Um, I think they're prepared for for you know kind of what people are are going to say or do, and I know I hope people can just look past it and just see, enjoy the event as a whole. Um, I mean, it sucks the show ended, but it's it's one of those things where I'm still going to go to Halloween Horror Nights and enjoy it, um, and I hope other people do too. I hope people <laughs> give up on the event because they got real rid of Bill and Ted. Um, you know, but it was like AOV last year, like Academy of Villains. Like they brought the house down. Don't get me started. <laughs> and they're the nicest people ever. They would, uh, a bunch of them would always come see our show. I remember like every Sunday night, um, like there would be a group of them that would come see our last show of the night, which was usually pretty dead. And they would always be on their feet, like dancing and screaming for us, like the whole time. It was it was great, and they're just the best group of people and the absolute nicest, most talented people I think I've ever met in my entire life. But you know, that being said, you know, it's kind of like look what they had, like with the hurricane and it and it did to their stage. You know, Universal was still able to work with them, and they put on one hell of a show with what they were given. So, you know, I. I like I said, I just hope people will still enjoy the event as it is. I I know that people still want to save the show and things like that, but you know, at this point it's it's time to just enjoy the event and have fun with it. Okay, so at the time when you found out, had you already decided that you were gonna go back for Ted? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was it was around the same time, I think, and uh that pretty much solidified it. <laughs> Okay, so did you have to audition, or were they kind of like, no, you're Ted, it's fine? <laughs> I did. Every year I've done the show, I have had to audition, and I've had to go to the callback and do everything, which I'm completely fine with. I mean, I, you never know who's going to show up to the audition. Keanu Reeves could have been there, and, you know. <laughs> Hi, I'm, I'm real Ted, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> could have been John Wick and I going head to head, but... <laughs> Yeah, I, I still had to audition, still had to sign up online and go and do a monologue and then, you know, come on a different night and, you know, do the dancing and read the sides. And But I still enjoyed every minute of it. I feel like if I was another actor going to play Ted and then the Ted who'd been Ted for like the last eight, ten, whatever years was there auditioning I'd be like well I'm just gonna walk out now I'm not gonna do this anymore <laughs> you know people say that but the thing is too we still have to have like a backup we still have to have swings and 
those are the most talented people in the cast a lot of times because they have to memorize, you know, different characters' lines, blocking, dancing. Um, so, I mean, we're still looking for things like that. Um, but a lot of people would say that. They're like, oh, great. Well, you're here, so I can leave. And I'm like, oh, I mean, we, still, we still need other people to be in the show and, you know, to do things. So don't give up just yet. No, I'd feel very awkward. Okay, so were you prepared for how popular you were going to be this year? Because when I've been trying to describe it to people, all that I can liken it to is James Keaton's popularity after Halloween Horror Nights 25. So everybody was all about him because he was Jack. And this year, I feel like everybody was all about Jason. Um. Yeah, that, it's such a weird feeling because, like, sometimes my fiance and I will be out at Universal. Like, we went and saw the the Macy's Parade and the um the Harry Potter show they had on the castle this year. And like, a couple people like called me Ted or like said something. And it's still just a weird feeling to me. Like, a lot of times I think it's like accidental. Um, if we're out somewhere and someone's like, "Wait, aren't you?" And then it, it catches me off guard. I um. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm just so grateful for all the love that we got for, for it being our final year and all the support. Um, I don't think I was expecting all that love, but I, I was so happy to see so many people supporting it. And then all the people that lined up to get wristbands for like the last shows. Um, that was just amazing to me that people would take time out of their day to go just get a line up and get a wristband. Um, but yeah, uh, all the support, like we're all just forever grateful for it. That it's, you know, two characters, from a movie from the eighties essentially can still have, uh, you know, such a fan base and, and so many people support us. Like, like they did it was just amazing to us. I think the thing is, and that's quite true what you said there, but I think the thing from a, from a fan of, of that, of that world is that you both really captured the essence of those characters. If you didn't do that and you were just two guys in outfits that they you know similar outfits to what they wear in the films or, or whatever and you were doing a show it would be okay but i think to a lot of people you were those characters you didn't seem like you was like a tribute act i mean i suppose in a way you were but you really felt like you'd captured the essence of those characters and i think that's what made it so special thank you well well like you you know I've, i'd seen the movie a couple times and uh, it was very similar. I, I grew up on it, and you know, Bill and Ted's and Back to the Future were pretty much my back-to-back favorite movies, and I would watch them regularly. Like I had them on VHS, and you know, even anytime they'd show them on TV, I I had to watch it. So, uh, so I thank you, thank you for the kind words. Um, you know, honestly, PJ and I were pretty much just trying to be ourselves, and <laughs> you know, I'm glad it translated well. <laughs> It did, and people honestly, seriously loved you. Like, you have people making Christmas baubles with your faces on. Like, do yeah. you even know that? Yeah, some. Uh, she sent it to me. She showed me what it looked like. And, yeah, a lot of people gave us, like, shirts with our faces on it and, and all sorts of things that, like, every time they would hand it to it, I, I, I just couldn't even believe it that they were just giving us, like, things with our faces on it like i was like this is me how is this <laughs> you know we see, like even just walking around and seeing the bill and ted's excellent halloween adventure shirts that they were selling this year like people wearing them like it was just such a cool feeling to walk around the park and then see so many people wearing those shirts like 
I, I don't know. It was it was just it felt good on the inside. And I would always smile when I saw it. <laughs> I bet. But like honestly, Twitter was always always filled with so much love for you guys, and then meet and greets after the show. Like you guys don't have to do that. That's your break times, and you were still spending your entire breaks meeting people that would have been watching the shows like I'd have grown men pushing me out the way so they could come in get pictures with you guys and I'm like okay it's fine go in front of me but they were so desperate to meet you because they know that it's the last year yeah but like was was that intense sometimes yeah there was sometimes it, it would get hard um like you said we didn't have a lot of times in between shows um you know some nights we would do six shows a night uh in the past we would do seven shows a night so the turnaround time was really quick especially like our pyro team like they'd have to load the pyro as soon as they shot it off much um so we didn't have a lot of time but we always loved coming out there you know that was always like the highlight of the night was coming out and you know talking with everyone and, and people just enjoying it and you know, having fun, um, and then PJ and I would have fun with it as well. Um, yeah, it was it was always great to meet you know meet new people and photos and just you know meet people in general. Oh, I bet. I think sorry to interrupt, Amanda. I think we now have Luke. I think Luke has joined oh, us. Oh, yay! As well. Hi, Hi, Luke. No, we don't. <laughs> okay, well, well, he, he's he's almost here, so that's that's good. He's, Wait, he's hello. Can you hear me? Hey, there he is. Hi. Oh my god, my mic was muted. <laughs> we have essence of Luke. Oh, holy crap. Skype, you are one crazy thing. Don't get us started, Luke, because we've, we've all had such a nightmare with Skype tonight. But we're glad that you're finally here. Yes. We're just talking about how the whole of the Universal community was just all about the Bill and Ted show this year. And, actually, and everybody Jason, was so obsessed. Uh, Luke was one of those uh, crazy people. I don't think you actually referred to him as crazy people, but uh, he was one yeah. of those people that queued up uh, to get a wristband for the last show. Oh, yeah. I did that. Nice. I made it to the 12.30 showing. Oh, very good. That, <laughs> yeah. that, that was a fun show. We had to do... We had to do a 12.30 show, and then they scheduled like a 1.30 show for employees only, but... That twelve thirty show, I think, went to almost one thirty, or maybe even past. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oops. Yeah, that that one was good. That I we put everything into that one, and I was like, yes. I'm gonna do another one after this. <laughs> that one was so good with Rufus too, and all like the cast members dressing up as Bill and Ted. That was just super cool. Yeah, it, it brought a tear to my eye. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, oh, you and me both. <laughs> so, to be fair. Um, like as we only got to see it, me and Craig only got to see it once. Um, but the montage at the beginning brought a tear to my eye, and I'd only seen the show twice. Well, once at that point, <laughs> but because I think you know, I think because you knew it was the final year, um, and also just like you could watch the evolution of of the you know different actors and just different moments. And I think you know, collectively, you if you looked around at the audience at that time, and obviously this is not something you would have been able to see yourself, but when you looked around when that video was going on, you could see people kind of going, you know, pointing out bits that they remembered or just getting emotional watching, you know, this this kind of history of the show kind of roll out in front of their eyes. So, um, yeah, it did have a massive impact, I think. Yeah, I love the montage. It was, it was incredibly well done. Um, Chad Rochi, he put it together. Uh, I think he helped him and Mike Aiello uh, put one together a couple years before as well. And 
you know, it was one of those things where I saw it when he was uh, when he was editing it, <laughs> and I was like, I got, I'll be right back. I, I need to <laughs> oh, there's, 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 there must be some dust in the room or something. I've got <laughs> something in my eye, and I don't know what it is. Um, famously, um, Bill and Ted doesn't allow filming. Um, yes. There was quite a lot of video in that, so. It, was that Universal? Were, were people from Universal filming stuff over the years, or was it just people being a bit cheeky and and getting video footage uh, at the time? Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was Universal. Um, every year, I'd say probably about two or three shows. They set up a couple cameras and they film it for the archives. So uh, it's cool that they do that. Um, the bad thing is. I've never even seen a lot of those, um, so that's why it kind of got to me once I once we saw the highlights and we you know we watch them before the show or even before the run even started, um, you know like you said it kind of brought back the memories and and I'd never even seen a lot of them so I was just glued to it I was like wow that's that's me I'm a part of something that's even bigger than I thought it was. <laughs> It was super emotional. I remember the first night that me and Ash was out there watching it and she's like, don't you dare cry. Don't you dare. And I'm like, I'm not crying, I swear. Yeah, I had tissues with me every show. <laughs> but it was super, super emotional. And then, obviously, like like we were just talking about the, the late night shows. They're my favourite ones because that's when you guys go a little bit wild. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> So no one from Universal is listening to this episode <laughs> that we know of. Yeah, we would um, we would get in trouble sometimes. It, it would be funny because uh, PJ and I or I would do something, and then we would just look at each other. And a lot of times, PJ would be like, "Well, we're getting in trouble for that one." <laughs> or, you know, things would go wrong, and so we would just go along with it. And uh, but that's what made the show fun for for not only us but even for the crowd because you know we get a lot of people who would see the show repeatedly so you know we want to switch it up for them and, and make it a new experience but at the same time you know make it the same show that we've been doing throughout the run um, but you know there's sometimes it did get a little out of hand but it makes for great memories. <laughs> did you? Was, oh, sorry, Craig. All I was going to ask was. Was there any of the ad libs that really hit a like a home run and half the cast lost it laughing and and had to compose themselves again or or you know did any have you got any memories of that of any one liners that anyone said? Yeah, that that happened quite frequently. Um, it's it's hard to think of instances as far as like lines are because. You know, things happen in the moment and then you just say it. And I know a lot of times with me, like something will go crazy and I'll say something and a lot of times I'll forget about it. Um, you know, it's kind of like you're just going through the motions. But there was one show we did where PJ had a tiny hole in his pants, uh, in his jeans. And I think I called him out on it. Um, I don't even remember what part of the show it was, but I definitely called him out on it. And then it progressively started getting bigger and bigger. And then by the finale, like you could just see his whole entire leg. It was almost as if you, <laughs> it just got out of hand, but it, it, you know, it's moments like that. Those are the ones that definitely stand out. But yeah, there's lots of times where, you know, 
people would try to mess with others on stage or, you know, would try to say a new line to throw people off. And, and like I said, that's what makes a show fresh and fun. And I think the audience can kind of see it too, because they'll see people, you know, either laugh on stage or about to crack or break. And, you know, they kind of start laughing too. It's like seeing, you know, the old Jimmy Fallon sketches on Saturday Night Live when you know he's going to laugh and you can't help but laugh with him because he's <laughs> to work about it. And, you know, that's how we were too. Funny enough, I was just watching the, uh, the, the Blue Oyster Cult um, Saturday Night Live sketch, oh. <laughs> which is probably one of his most famous ones for completely breaking character because uh, he does lose it. Um, what I wanted to ask you, because you kind of touched on it, was did you actually get in any trouble? Um, yeah, throughout the years, we definitely did get in trouble here and there. Um, I mean, there was no, thank goodness there was nothing ever major. Like, I think PJ and I uh, were smart enough to know not to go too far with things. And, you know, especially in this day and age, how, you know, everyone has a video camera on their cell phone. So, you know, they're quick to film something that goes wrong or goes haywire. Um, you know, we were pretty level headed about things. There were, there were times we did get a little maybe close to passing the line, but nothing too major where, you know, they had to sit us down and have a, you know, heart to heart with us or anything like that. But throughout the years, there were some times where it did get a little awkward because, you know, management didn't really like what we did or, you know, somebody kind of, you know, said something that wasn't supposed to be said or, you know, things like that. But yeah, I, I can recall several instances where we've gotten talking, talked to about things. <laughs> <laughs> so this year you had the, um, the guy that owns the rights to Bill and Ted watch the show. Is that, does he regularly come and see it? And like, do you, did you feel under pressure? Cause I felt under pressure just sitting on the same row as him. <laughs> and, uh, uh, he's the nicest guy ever. Um, yeah, they have a, a licensing company where they own, it's like the licensing rights to Bill and Ted and several other, uh, you know, franchises and movies. Uh, but he's a great guy. Like he, we saw him after the show and he had nothing but nice things to say to us. Um, he'd come a couple years before that, um, and seen the show before. And I remember when he came, he brought boxes of like Bill and Ted shirts and gave it to the entire cast. Um, but yeah, this year, like, uh, I think it was, since it was the last year, um, you know, you could tell he was he was very proud of, of what it had become and how long we've been doing the show for. Um, and plus, I think when he came to see the show that night, I think he just got off the plane. He like flew in from France or something like that. So it was it's kind of like you guys what, what you went through with your long weekend. But um, so he, he may have been a little tired, but after the show, like he. He just seemed like he loved everything about it. And, and there was a little bit of pressure because we definitely wanted to make him proud. And, you know, at the same time, it kind of, uh, I don't know, it, it kind of set in with him that, you know, this was it. This was it for the show. And, you know, we're, we're thankful for it. Okay, so since you were brought in as a writer this year, how much creative control did you have on this year's show? Um, It, it was... A lot more than I expected. Um, you know, we start off with, gosh, when we're sitting in this tiny, tiny room, we have a TV in there, and it's just like a big table, um, you know, a bunch of paper, and then we've got two whiteboards. And we must have filled up about, I'd say, three of those whiteboards with just ideas and, you know, jokes and, you know, pop culture ideas from the throughout the year. Um, so, like, uh, the main theme of the show with the... 
like how the setting was, how it was like a, a rock concert. I was like, you know what? Uh, Fire Festival was kind of like a, you know, huge thing in the news, um, as well as like Coachella, like Coachella every year, Bonnaroo, like the music festivals. Um, every year that's kind of like a big thing. So we kind of brainstormed and we were like, that definitely needs to be uh, like the overall theme. Um, and I feel like I was a big part of that. Um, and then just in general, like coming up with characters and like little bits here and there. Uh, Jason Horn is like Sherlock, uh, like Benedict Cumberbatch, with how he pieces things together and somehow predicts the future. Um, but I was lucky enough to come up with like a, a few things here and there and, and to be able to say, hey, that was mine. Like the... Um, I don't know if you noticed on the food truck, there was a bunch of different uh, food items. Like I came up with a bunch of those um, ideas like that. So it, it was, it made me proud. <laughs> That's cool. And so obviously the, the show changes throughout the run. So yeah. me being there for three weeks, I think I saw maybe like two or three different versions of it. But that was largely down to that. The show was mostly focused on, a music festival and then that had to change due to things that were going on obviously outside Absolutely. does that happen often obviously with, with more minor things that happen but does that happen often uh i mean changes always occur it's one of the things that stays the same as change with bill and ted it's uh, it's it's funny because we'll get a, a script on the first night of rehearsals and it'll already say draft like eight or something like that. And then by the end of the run, we're on like draft 30 something. Like I remember a couple of years they would give us a new script each time there was a change and they just had to stop doing that because they were wasting so much paper. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, unfortunately, you know, due to circumstances with what happened, um, you know, in Las Vegas, uh, we had to change the show and it was understandable. Um, you know, with, given what happened, but, uh, you know, same thing goes like other moments that'll happen throughout the year. Like, um, I want to say Kanye West, uh, a couple years before that, when he said he was running for president and stuff like that, we were like, we got to add that in. Or, um, I remember when we had the election year, I think it was like 2012, uh, we had like a rap battle in it. Um, Fox news and, you know, a couple media outlets got kind of angry with how we treated, you know, uh, Mitt Romney and Barack Obama. So we had to change that a little bit to kind of appease to their taste. But, uh, you know, a lot of times we, we try to keep it fresh. Like if some celebrity goes nuts or goes crazy, we're like, we definitely need to put that in the show. So <laughs> it goes back to Jason Horn and being like, uh, being able to adapt and find a, the perfect puzzle piece to attach it to the show and, you know, make it look seamless. <laughs> it definitely is seamless and that's that's exactly how i was just going to put it then is that it is a seamless kind of transition and you'd never you'd never kind of know that there was a different show before the one that you're watching now so you yeah. all do a fantastic job of it and it must be hard to learn like not to say that particular line anymore yeah it's um especially you know this year there was a lot we we did a lot there was a lot of different changes here and there um we had a brand i want to say we ended up changing a couple of scenes or rearranging scenes on the very on the opening night of the event uh pj and i had to go do we did like a media event where we had to learn a script for that with patrick braylord uh, so we were kind of stressing about that a little bit. And then as soon as that we got done with our bit, we had to go straight to the stage because our the show was getting ready to start. And I want to say it was like a half hour or 45 minutes. So 
Uh, and then from there, we didn't even have a chance to rehearse all the changes. So it did get a little bit stressful, but you know, it just it goes back to PJ and I just trying to be ourselves and just trying to be comfortable with everything to, you know, help lead the show in the right direction. And and like I said, the cast is just unbelievably talented. Like they just roll with the punches and they make it look so easy. Like the audience wouldn't even know that the show. You know, we ended up cutting two scenes from Employee Preview Night, and you know putting a whole new show together for, you know, actual opening night. Wow, that's insane. And honestly, you would you would never ever from from an audience point of view, you'd never be able to tell. Thank goodness. <laughs> so, I imagine that lots of crazy shenanigans happen backstage. <laughs> and seeing as Bill and Ted isn't a thing anymore, Halloween Horror Nights, can you tell us any secrets? Um, oh, I, it's not as illustrious as some people think it might be. Um, like a lot of times people will be like, Hey, can you bring me backstage to see what it's like? And (laughs) we have our facade, but like, honestly, we don't hang, hang out in the facade. We have a, we have a trailer that's kind of like, it's, it's a little bit like walking distance to the stage. I mean, it's probably, I don't know, 50 feet away from the stage or so. Um, but it's a trailer. It's a trailer that's been there since they, you know, it was wild, wild, West stunt shows <laughs> been there for forever so it's not like this illustrious thing like we have we have tiny locker rooms for the guys and then a tiny locker room for the girls and you know hair makeup is all done in the guys locker room so there's no space at all um there's just a bunch of couches and like one tv so a lot of it's like a big slumber party like <laughs> we're all just kind of like wearing like you know, junk clothes and just hanging out and trying to cool down in between shows. But yeah, when you have that many people together, it does get pretty crazy, but it, it's nothing that's like, you know, I mean, we're not like rock stars or anything where, <laughs> you know, crazy partying or anything like that in between shows. Um, you know, a lot of it is trying to just sit down and catch our breath. <laughs> I bet. Okay. So what's been the, the funniest or weirdest thing that's happened on stage then or like the like most awkward thing like we just want to hear secrets really <laughs> <laughs> oh man um gosh it's it's hard to it's hard to pinpoint one that when i did the scare zone podcast i kind of talked about one incident where um it was back in 2013 i think it was a uh, camp morningwood year where uh, a big part of the you know, plot line was this this book um, that was like an evil cursed book that uh, the character playing, you know, Taylor Swift would read from it and then she'd turn evil and go crazy. Well, then one one time I went back there or went on the stage where the book was supposed to be and it just wasn't there. Um, so that that was fun. And and like I mentioned before, with the uh, the audio going out in the show this year, um, uh, that that was quite a crazy show the crowd got behind behind us you know 100 on that one and it was just a lot of fun uh they knew everything was just going crazy <laughs> so they they definitely supported us on that one uh, characters missing entrances like that's always funny when you know people have to stall because something happens or somebody comes out without a microphone uh that happens more often than not um yeah, so things like that. I mean, it's hard to think of stories. Like, it's funny because, like, PJ and I will be hanging out or other people from the show, and then they'll be like, remember that one time this happened? And I would completely forget about it. I'm like, oh, man, I can't believe that we got away with that or that even happened. 
uh, so stuff like that. It's fun. If I could think of something in particular, I'll. I know something will hit me, and I'm like, oh, I gotta tell them. <laughs> oh, well, well that you, means you have to come if back. If you remember all. anything, then you you just interrupt us and, and tell us. But we've got some listener questions. Hang on, yes. just before we do. Yeah. I think Craig. I'm looking at the clock. Yeah, uh, Jason. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I'm gonna shoot. I'm gonna go to bed. Um, this. <laughs> I'm up in six hours. Listening to you has been an absolute honour and a privilege. And uh, I'd just like to thank you for the three times I was lucky enough to see the show. Um, And fingers crossed for next year. What might or might not be happening, I don't know. (laughs) Never know, but but thank you for coming all that way to come, you know, see our show and, uh, and for having me on the show and talking with me and, you know, it's, it's been fun. It was worth every penny or every dollar. <laughs> it's a great weekend. <laughs> right. Good night, folks. See you later, Craig. Night. Good night, Craig. Okay, so... Oh, wait. I'm in a... Yeah. Sorry. Um, could I ask? Uh, kind of off going with the uh, craziest thing that's happened on stage. Do you know any craziest things that's happened with, like, audience members during a show? Um, we do get, you know, there'll be times where stuff will happen, like fights will break out or, you know, usually, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of like the most random place for a fight to break out, but, uh, you know, people have been drinking all night and they're having fun. Um, people like to yell things out. Uh, people are falling. Oh, yeah. We've seen a few people kind of, uh, throw up in the audience. Jeez. Um, oh, to drink. So, you know, stuff like that, that happens that we, we try to keep our composure and, <laughs> but every time something like that would happen, PJ and I would always like give each other like a look and we would try not to lose it. Um, but yeah, it, there's, there's always like times where, you know, something would happen. The biggest thing is people would always try to heckle or like, you know, we oh, wouldn't, yeah. You know, people would say lines and stuff, but sometimes people are just yelling out ridiculous things, and <laughs> it's like, you know, what do they want us to do? Do they want us to be like, hey, you said that line perfectly, you come up here, you do the show. <laughs> you can be Bill and Ted. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, we didn't mind it when people were, like, saying the lines with us, like, on certain show nights. Like, the last show of the night, that's expected. But, you know, there will be times where people would yell out random things and, like, stuff that we wouldn't even say. Like, <laughs> we say, I was just like, where did that come from? Where did, like, what are they thinking? <laughs> they were clearly doing the earlier drafts, Jason. <laughs> yeah. They found, they found draft number uh, 24 uh, and just got some bits. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Amanda, you was going before I, I interjected with because uh, I knew Craig it had to go. Uh, Craig's got to go up early for work. Um, before that, um, I know Amanda, you'd put out. Um, we'd kept this secret for a, a few weeks, but today you announced uh, that uh, Jason was going to be on. So we did get some questions. We did from our listeners. So awesome. we have a question from Simon, who says. With Jason playing Ted for years, was there any other character or characters he'd wished he'd played? And if he did, what would what would it be? Oh, that's a good question. Um, oh, if it was me, I'd say water. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> Clearly, the character of the year. 
Absolutely. Water was my favorite. Uh, that was a guy named Jeffrey. He played it mostly. There was another guy named Dane that played it as well. But Wait, Jeff- who played it with me? <laughs> What's that? Who played it with me? I think that might have been Jeffrey. I, I, I need to know who my future husband's going to be. <laughs> oh, um, I'm out. Jeffrey, it was one of those characters we when uh, when we wrote it into the show. um, Like we always have bits where we're like, we don't know if the audience is going to like this or not, and so we put it in there. And Jeffrey completely made it his own. He was like a trained gymnast. Like I want to say he like made it to something like incredibly talented. Yeah, he's uh, he's just super talented, and he just made that character his own. And I remember during rehearsals when he was doing that. I think that was even like his idea to have um, you know the streamers or something like that. killed it like i was crying laughing when he first started doing it and then every show like he would mess with us and i it was one of those things where i would just have to keep it in like i couldn't even like acknowledge him because he would just make make us laugh and, um, and that yeah it was genius the stuff he would come up with he was so funny okay so other than water who would you be oh <laughs> uh, you know throughout the years there's always like certain characters that that are just you know that just made me laugh. Um, 2009, we did a bit with when that was around the year when Christian Bale like kind of went off when he was filming Terminator. He went off on. <sighs> I loved. I oh, loved yeah. that. I watch it at least once a year. That rant. I love it. Yeah. it we we had a bit where uh, this guy Mike played Christian Bale, and then uh, Greg, who who done the show for years, he played Doc Brown, uh, and he played Rufus. Uh, you know, this past year at the end. Um, he he would come out as like a lighting technician and both of those characters would just make me laugh because because mike would just go off on him just like christian bale did and then you know greg you know just being an innocent lighting technician was just he would just come out and it was, it was just so just so simple it was like the simplest character but it was just so funny um that was definitely one of my favorites where i would just watch that and i would laugh um there's got to be dozens of other characters that I would have loved to have played throughout the year, but nothing could be playing Ted. Uh, that was just, I mean, I, I had the most fun just every night just playing that character. Um, or that's the only thing I would think about a lot of times. <laughs> Can we know what the Westworld characters were going to do? Because we didn't even know the thing. I think I think Ash had messaged you like, "What? What? Who are these random like Western people?" <laughs> I, I that was one of those things where I think for a good couple of days I racked my brain on trying to figure out how we could put Westworld in there. Like I watched that show every episode, like and everything, and I was like, "We have to put Westworld in it, like no questions." And you know, it was just one of those things where we had a moment where at the end it was just pure chaos so we we're like all right now would be the perfect time to just put them in there um and that was essentially it. like we wanted to come up with a better bit but um i think the joke was it was good but i wish we could have done more with it. it it was just hard given with everything else that we already had in the show it was it was hard to try to find another place to put them in but with grim reaper you know kind of putting his you know haven't i already killed you guys or something like that um you know, and there are a lot of people didn't even know what it was, but um, I, I was pretty happy with it. But I wish we could have done more with it too. Oh well, at least we figured out what it was in the end. 
<laughs> exactly. It did stump us for a while, and every time we'd watch it, we were like, who are these people? I don't... I was just like, I'm just going to message him. I'm just going to ask him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot a lot of things that I'll have. Like, people are always asking me Moana lyrics and stuff, or, or just random things of like, who is that character that did this? Um, like, for Employee Preview Night, like, we had... For the longest time in the show, we had the Great British uh, Bake Off. We had uh, what was her name? Uh, Mar- Mary, Mary Berry. Berry. Yeah, Mary Berry. No way. We had a scene with her and Miley Cyrus, and uh, yeah, they we ended up cutting that after employee preview night. But a lot of you know that night alone, I got a lot of people that were like, "Who is Mary Berry? And what's this? You know, Great Everybody British." Everybody knows Mary Berry. She's an icon. Well, I don't know Mary Berry. Like I haven't seen all the episodes of it, but like I was aware of who Mary Berry was, and I was like, (laughs) I cannot know. She's like the sweetest lady. She's like our unofficial queen. We can say I can say this now because he's not here. But when we watch Bill and Ted, um, confession time uh, as well. In that we actually we actually we we couldn't film. Obviously, because it said filming was was prohibited, uh, it didn't say okay. anything about audio recording. So we did record the audio from the Bill and Ted show, but what you don't hear on the audio that we recorded is Craig every few minutes going, "What's this a reference to? What's this song?" <laughs> because a lot of the references he didn't get. Where obviously Craig's a, a, a fair bit older, um, and he won't mind me saying this, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, it was it was only kind of later on, and the bit that got him the most, and the bit that that I I laughed. There were so many bits that I thought were absolutely hysterical, but the bit that got me was David S. Pumpkins. Yeah, and he could not work out why I was laughing. You know, I was almost crying at this bit, (laughs) and he could, and he was like, "What? Why? Why is this?" And I was like, "What do you mean you don't know who David S. Pumpkins is?" So when we left that night. I found uh, the clip on the on the Saturday Night Live app and showed him David S. Pumpkins. The next, oh, I got woken up next morning. He was uh, FaceTiming um, his wife and kids, and he was saying, "I've, I've sent you this link. I've seen. This, watch the video. Watch the video." And he made them watch the video on their computer while he was FaceTiming them, so he could see their reactions to it. And he's rolling about on the floor. He like since I showed him that what David S. Pumpkins was. He thought it was the funniest thing in the world. But watching the show, he had no idea what was going on. (laughs) You know what, though? I always find that it's it's a very American show. It's very American pop culture. And so, like, I've been going to Halloween Horror Nights since 2001. And so when I was younger, and, you know, when the internet wasn't as as big as it is now, there was some bits where I was like, ah, I have no idea what this is and maybe I'm too young for it, maybe I don't know. But now that the internet's such a big thing and everyone has access to everything, I think everything's more widely known by people now, so it's it's easier to make those jokes than it used to be. Yeah, you're right. And, and not to knock PJ, I mean, I always make fun of PJ, but every year that I would do the show, we would do our read through of the script, like, you know, towards the beginning of the night rehearsals. And he would always look at me and say, who's that? Or what's that song? What does that mean? Or, How do you say that? Like I, I, there were some times where I would just make up stuff and like, just to throw him off. And, and there was times where he would have like, he'd have to pr- uh, pronounce like words that he didn't even know the lingo behind or what it meant or things like that. <laughs> I would always mess with him and he would get so mad about it. <laughs> I love it. 
So that leads nicely onto a question from Angsty Female, aka Water Pocahontas. Good name. Who says, (laughs) What was your favourite line of Ted's from this year's show, as well as a favourite line overall from a different character? Oh. Complex question. Uh, I I think my favourite line, it was kind of sentimental to me was uh towards the end of the show um you know it was kind of throwback to like the movies where um you know grim and bill were talking and then i walk up and i'd say bill my friend and he'd say yes ted my friend i'd say um this is my favorite like it would get me every show and i remember when we were first doing our read through for it like pj kind of patted me on the back like wow oh, no. this is real yeah and then and i'd, I'd look at him and i'd say this has been a most excellent adventure and like every time saying that and and i made it a point like the last show i didn't tell him i was going to do this but it was like the last two shows like i was like whatever i'm calling it out and instead of saying bill my friend i i said pj my friend and yeah i heard like a you know it was an awe from like the audience like and then i looked at his face and you know it was it was like a puppy and uh <laughs> God, i'm getting emotional and i've got I no kind of connection here at all. i'm so easily emotional yeah. it, we're it, all crying <laughs> i'm not crying you're crying yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so th- that was that one stood out um there was a lot of funny funny lines um oh gosh i liked uh gosh i'm trying to think of of other ones that stood out there there was just stuff that we would say um jeffrey the guy that played um water uh when they were doing the voiceovers he played uh he he played the other ted that would come out towards the end of the show like get out ted uh when they were doing the voiceovers <laughs> i i don't, i think we ended up cutting it from the show or no we might have had it but the way he said this one line when he goes, that's him, that's Bill and Ted, uh, that, that had to rolling. And then just little things here and there, like Jason Horn always throws in like the, the funniest, like, um, I don't know, names and jokes to call people, like Sharon as Spicer saying chicken dick nuggets. Uh, <laughs> gosh, when we were first reading that one, uh, you know, it, it's... It's funny because we're when we did our read through for the legal team and execs. There's all these very important people in a room. You're in a big conference room, and it's uh, Jason, Katie, and I. We're reading the scripts, and we're doing it as different characters, and getting to say lines like "chicken dick nuggets" like in front of all these professional people, <laughs> or or even the line as um, you know when we had Wonder Man come out, and I got to read as him for the uh, read throughs for them, and, and I got to yell out, uh, "I have a small penis!" Like in, in a conference. <laughs> All these people wearing suits and like Michael <laughs> and all these people, like it's it's just so funny just to sit there and like look at it and and hear that line. Um, it was a favorite of mine. <laughs> Good choices. Good choices. I've got um, okay. a question here from from Brian who says, "What food do you like to eat, and do you have any favorite places to eat in the parks?" Ooh, good question. Um, I like all sorts of food. I, 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 I feel bad because I haven't had a chance to eat at Toothsome yet. Every time I've tried to go, it's been incredibly crowded. So I oh, haven't hang had on a, ch- a second. You're telling me you don't go into Toothsome and there's a massive queue and you don't lay down the old don't you know who I am card? <laughs> I'm Ted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ted Theodore Logan. 
get me a table. <laughs> Uh, just my luck. Like, I'll say I'm Ted, and they'll be like, okay, I'm Mary. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, favorite food? I mean, I'm I'm not that picky. I like, you know, all sorts of things. Um, gosh, I really like sushi. I like Italian food. Um, it's hard for me to pinpoint one thing in particular. Um, but favorite places to eat in the park? I mean, City Walk has gotten, you know, it's gotten kind of crazy with how good like the food has become mm. at a lot of places. Um, gosh, even the, the hot dog place. I was like, I'm not a big fan of hot dogs. I ate there. I was like, man, this hot dog's amazing. Uh, <laughs> uh, cowfish uh, is really good. I love cowfish. Cowfish is my favorite. They, yes. Like one of the days we we were writing, we we're like, uh, what do you want to do for lunch? And then Jason was like, let's go to cowfish. So we walked all the way over to City Walk to eat just at cowfish. Um, <laughs> That was fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, Universal has definitely stepped it up, you know, as far as I remember when I worked at City Walk when it was, Mo, you know, Motown Cafe was there. And like, you know, their their food was just like they had some barbecue and things like that. But man, now, like, it's unbelievable all the stuff they've come out with. Even like their Burger King tastes better than a regular Burger King. I, I, don't I feel know. like you're just so spoiled for choice all the time in City Walk. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm super impressed. Hopefully one of these days I can make it over to some and, and get one of those fancy milkshakes. Wait, you haven't even tried a milkshake? I thought you meant you just hadn't eaten in there. No, I, I even tried to stand in line to just get a milkshake, and even that was long. I, I Yeah. But... <laughs> I mean, I think it's because they take they do take a long time to make them. So you right. have to kind of order and then go and sit down for like 10 minutes while they make it. But it's so worth it. Yeah. And, and I always go at the wrong time, like. You know, the time that I would try to go is like peak season, and that's just the worst time to even, you know, try to walk through the place. Well, if you go back to Halloween Horror Nights, one thing that me and Amanda can both vouch uh, you might want to avoid is the twisted taters salt and vinegar flavor. Yeah, any other flavor's good, but that one's not. It literally tears the skin off your mouth. Oh. In how sharp it is. It is. It's incredible. There, there's a couple times uh, my friend Michael and I, uh, Michael has played, um, like, what was it? The previous year he played, uh, I can't remember the name. Was it Rilo Ken? I can't remember how they. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Super funny guy. Like, but he and I would always love corn dogs. So, like, we would always try to find the tents that had, like, the footlong corn dogs. And uh... I've never even heard that they do this. Ash would be, oh, yeah. like, in corn dog heaven. I had no idea. <laughs> Absolutely. We we were, there was one night before shows where I was super hungry and I couldn't make it to the cafeteria area and I went over there where they had the foot long corn dogs. It was raining out and I ran over and got a corn dog and ran back and that was my dinner that night. <laughs> I don't even like corn well, I can't even have corn dogs anyway, but I'm gonna find them this year and take a picture and send it to Ash. Like, bet you wish you didn't have a baby now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we've got um, a question from Brittany, who says, what was your favorite part about Bill and Ted during 27? Oh, that's another one. It's hard to hard to pinpoint. It's like when yeah, people that ask, makes it easy for you. Yeah, people are like, what's your favorite year? I'm like, all of them? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to figure out, you know, especially this year it was so special to me because, you know, I, I came back and it was the final year for the event. Um, you know, it, nothing will ever beat the last show of the run. And especially this year with it being, you know, the end of it. Um, 
you know, the, the last show we added in a few extra bits um, and like we added Rufus in at the end. And, and like you mentioned earlier, um, you know, everyone left and then ran back on stage dressed as either Bill or Ted. Like, you know, that was so awesome. Like, you know, we were all just one cohesive unit. And, you know, at the end of that, we got to hug everyone. And it's just something like that. You'll never get to experience it again. And, and that's the way that every show feels uh, or the last show of the run. Like, you know that there will never ever be that same show that will ever happen again. So it's mm. it's such a crazy feeling because it's almost as if it's like, you know, every year that the show would finish, you know, it was almost as if that was it. That was it forever. Like, you'll never get to do that show again. This same cast will not be doing this show again, you know, and some of those people will not do the show again. So, uh, so yeah, it's hard to pinpoint, but I, I definitely say the final shows um, you know, were incredibly special. Um and, you know, it was definitely a highlight of the entire run. How far ahead did you plan for Rufus to be in the final show then? Because, I, like, I was really sad that he wasn't in all of them for last year. Yeah, there's a lot of ideas that throughout the run, you know, people come up with. And, you know, we try to get Jason's approval for things. And I think that was something they were working on, but they wanted to keep kind of uh, hush-hush. Uh, you know, especially with Universal, a lot of times, like, you know, Word travels fast. Um, so, you know, it was one of those things where I think we didn't even tell the cast or Jason didn't tell the cast till maybe like, I don't know, a couple nights before or maybe even the night before. Okay. Uh, but it was something that, yeah, they've been working on for you know quite some time. And I'm, I'm glad it actually came to fruition and we actually got to do it because, you know, it was a perfect send off for Bill and Ted. Definitely. I've got another question here and I'm going to add a, a caveat to this as well so alex train asked did you get to keep the coat and i would like to ask um was there anything that you took with you after that final performance <laughs> now you're trying to get me fired yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um no it was it was crazy because uh in previous years the the jacket that i normally had tied around my waist it was like the same one for i think it was for like 20 something years like i think even james keaton and like kevin vincent used that same jacket and then this since we had like multiple teds in the show uh like the get out ted uh they got brand new jackets um and so I, I didn't get to keep it. I, I didn't even ask to keep anything. Um, to be quite honest, the Ted costume was, you know, it, it's funny because people always think it's like, it must be like a nice costume that they like plan all this time to put it together and stuff. And it's like, you know, they do plan some time, but it's really just like clothes they got from Target. Like the shirts they got, plain white, like paint t-shirts. Uh, the vest was like a leather vest that I'd used for, you know, 10 years kind of thing. Uh, then the shorts were just sweatpants, you know, that they turned into shorts and sewed together. Um, so I, the shoes were beat up too. The shoes, they went through so much. So I was like, I'm definitely not keeping these. So, uh, <laughs> I, I didn't keep anything, but, uh, you know, I was, I was kind of fine with that. There, there wasn't really anything where I was like, Oh, I definitely need to take this home. Um, but I was, I, I, I hope it's somewhere safe and, you know, I hope they use it for something else later on down the road. I heard PJ took the phone booth, but you didn't hear that from me. <laughs> <laughs> Smuggled it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm his coat, yeah. <laughs> okay, Joshua asks, will Jason be in the new show coming to Halloween Horror Nights next year? In brackets, assuming there is one. <laughs> Academy uh, of Villains. That's a good question. I, 
I don't even know what the show is, so I'm going to say yes. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, I think I'd rather just come to the event as a guest next year or this year. Um, you know, enjoy it that way. Um, you know, there's there's a lot to see, especially you know, uh, one of my favorite things is going through the haunted houses, and you know, when you're doing the show, you you don't really have a lot of time. So, you know, like this year, I I think I only went through each house once um some of them i I think only one or two i got to do twice um that's always my one of my favorite parts of the event you know when i would just come to the event as a guest like when i was a kid was going through the haunted houses like all the detail they would put into it um so i don't think i'll be part of the show um i mean i'm not writing anything off you know you never know what they're going to bring um but i i think this year i'll be coming in as a guest and then who knows maybe maybe the future um they might have something for me Okay, so out of the houses that you did last year, which was your favorite? Oh, that's tough. Um, Scarecrow was really good. Uh, I'm trying to think of all the houses that were there because there was a lot where, like, I would go through a house. I was like, all right, that one's my favorite. And then I would go through another one. I was like, oh, that one's my favorite. Um, <laughs> I think it was, uh, what was it? It was a Muddy Waters or something like that. It was like Dead the- Waters. Dead Waters. Dead Waters. Oh, Dead Waters. Like, and the houses are so beautiful. I, feel, I always feel so bad because they put so much work into, like, the facade and, like, every little detail. And then they, like, turn off the lights and <laughs> you don't even get to see anything. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Dead Waters, Scarecrow was really good. Um, even Blumhouse. I haven't even seen all those movies, but that was right next to us. And uh, I was a big fan of that one. It made me want to watch the movies now. Um, so that one was good, too. I, I was trying to think of the other... Uh, some of that, what was the, there was some other tent houses too. Um, there was yeah, the, you, there was Ash vs. Evil Dead. And The Fallen yeah. as well, wasn't it? Oh, oh the Fallen. Not, not The Fallen. Uh, what was it? Um, was it The Hive? The Hive. Hive? Yeah. The hive. Yeah, and The Tent. Yeah. Yeah, The Hive was good. Yeah, that one was, uh, yeah, I think that was the one that was in The Tent. Yeah, that that one, I remember like a bunch of people I went through, like we went through other people with other people in the cast and I think a lot of them were like, yeah, I really like that one and I was like, I loved it. Like, you know, I think there was a guy on stilts and then, like, a, a little guy that came with him. Like, that was, like, my oh, favorite yeah. in any house, like, I think, <laughs> ever. Um, I was just I, – I never – I mean, to be completely honest, I might get in trouble for this, but I, I never liked the 3D houses because they always use that tunnel uh, that you have to walk through. And it always, like, I don't know, I always get really dizzy and almost <laughs> sick where I'm always, like, falling over. I always hate that. I mean, that they did, uh, a couple years ago, they did, like, the Alice in Wonderland type 3D house. Mm-hmm. That one was beautiful. I love that one. That was one of my favorites that year. But just typically, like, the 3D houses, to me, I, I, I'm never a fan of, it seems. I agree. I agree. <laughs> so... Are you going to be returning to Universal to do any more writing? Is that something that you've found a new passion for? Ooh, that that is a great question. Um, I would love to. I know Jason works on a bunch of events, and I told him I was like, "Hey, anytime you need any help with anything, let me know." Um, I would, yeah, I would love the opportunity to go, go back and write some stuff. Uh, I'm actually working on some stuff outside of Universal. Uh, Michael, who I mentioned before, who's done Bill and Ted for quite a few years, uh, he and I, uh, we started writing some sketches, and we're going to start uh, airing those pretty soon. We we just wrapped up our first one uh, with uh, a friend of ours, Avon, and it's called Snippets Sketches. And uh, so we'll be posting that hopefully in the next couple weeks or so. Um, we're going to start trying to write a bunch of just short sketches and film them, and then 
you know, put them up. And it's mostly for us to, to get better as actors and writers and, you know, with editing and filming things. And Avon and Michael are incredibly talented and, uh, you know, we're really happy with what we've done so far and we're really hopeful, you know, for what the future holds for us as well. That's awesome. So is that going to be like, are you going to have a website for that or is it going to be on YouTube? Yeah, we're probably going to put a, you know, Facebook, of course, and YouTube. Uh, I'm sure eventually we'll, we'll come out with a Twitter and a, and a website for it. Um, but we're starting to try to find our ground for it first. Um, you know, we, we just started it not too long ago. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we can get a lot of things in the works and, uh, you know, just start putting it out there. So. Well, we all definitely share all of that whenever you do it, so just let us know. Right. What else does the future hold for Jason Perry? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I'm finishing up level four at SAC Comedy Lab. I'm taking their improv classes over there. Um, if you're in the Orlando or Central Florida area, they've got shows, I want to say, almost every night. of uh, uh, Brett Walden, he was the guy that played Grim Reaper in this year's show. He has a, a show there, I think, every Thursday night, I want to say, um, that he does, that he stars in. Incredibly, incredibly talented guy. Uh, super funny. Um, and then there's a lot of, uh, you know, people that have been in Bill and Ted or people that work at Universal that do shows there at Sat Comedy Lab as well. So I uh, definitely want to start doing more stuff uh, with them, uh, more with snippet sketches. And, you know, who knows? Uh, my fiance and I, we're looking to travel a little bit this year. Uh, we're hoping to get over to Europe, um, travel over there. So I might be looking at you guys for some suggestions. <laughs> you know where we are. We'll take you to all the cool places. And if, you want to, uh, yeah, if you're interested in going to Disneyland Paris, then, yeah definitely hook us up we'll hook all right you up. would you recommend it i i have heard mixed reviews from people I, well I, I you're kind of asking one person because i've been going since the year it opened um okay. pretty much I've, I've been a lot um it's um i mean do you like disney world absolutely okay. yeah we love it. Uh, have you ever been to anaheim i have not not okay. yet disneyland paris for and i've not i've not been to anaheim myself but i've been to disney world um, Disneyland Paris, it, I believe, is quite similar to um, Disneyland in that uh, you know it's it's very close together. Um, it's it's much smaller in in scale than Disney World is, but there's things that you get at Disneyland Paris you don't get at other parks, and they're all different. You know, I don't think it's it's fair to compare something that's you know probably not even a quarter of the size of Disney World um, with that, but. It has its its own beauty, and I actually think, um, and a lot of people agree that it's the, the the most beautiful Disney park in how it's been designed and and how it's been constructed. So there's there's pros and cons, but um, I mean, it, it's a park that you can easily do in two or three days. So it's not like you know, if you was going to Europe for you know an extended period, it wouldn't take up too much of your time. Okay, I'm sold. I like it. <laughs> Well, Nick can show you Disneyland, and I, I'll show you castles and beer. There you go. There you go. Thanks. It's a good trip. <laughs> okay, so is there anything else that you want to that you want to talk about that you're going to be doing? Um, you know, that's about it right now. There's a lot on my plate. Um, you know, hoping hoping to get back into Universal eventually and do some things over there. Uh, just trying to find the right opportunity and to see where uh, they need me, of course. Um, but yeah, that's about it. I mean, there's, there's still a lot of things going on. I, I'm just excited for what the year is going to bring. 
we are definitely excited too. <laughs> the only thing uh, I wanted to just kind of add, and it, it's been very apt that we're speaking to you now because it's only been the last couple of days that um, the original uh, writers of Bill and Ted, or one of them, um, has had a show on HBO this week. So it's been kind of doing like the, the press tours and, and whatnot. And one of the th- things that's come up a lot is this continued talk of a third Bill and Ted film. Now, right. you know, the first two obviously had nothing to do with Universal and, you know, maybe that was something to do with, um, you know, the licensing and who knows if that's what kind of came into play with that. But um, if there is, uh, if they do actually get to make this third Bill and Ted film, which they do seem to be kind of edging closer and closer to being, you know, funded for, um, yeah. do you think that that could you know, see a return of Bill and Ted in, in maybe the next five years? Uh, it's really hard to tell. Um, I mean, they've been talking about doing a third movie for quite some time now. Mm. Um, and it's hard. It, it's just, it's a different day and age, you know. Um, the, the great thing about the show that we had was it was a good mix of the nostalgia of the Bill and Ted movies along with recent pop culture um, I, I'm curious. I'm curious how this movie is going to be, how it's going to do. Um, I'm hopeful that it's a good movie. Um, I'm going to be completely honest with you, and I don't mean to make anyone mad, but I kind of hope they don't do the movie. Um, <laughs> I agree. I agree with that. It's 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 very risky. Um, I mean, on a, on a different note, like I was a massive fan, rightly or wrongly, of Zoolander. And for years, I thought, oh, I'd love to see a Zoolander 2. Or, or Anchorman. I'm a big fan of Anchorman. I'd love to see a second Anchorman. And when that second Anchorman came out, I was like, I kind of wish it hadn't happened. And Zoolander, I've still... Even though I love the first film so much, I've still not got around to seeing the second one. So I'm kind of a bit worried of how it's going to turn out. So I, <laughs> I, definitely, I definitely share it. I think, I think possibly the only thing that's different with this is that the same people are kind of behind the writing of it that would, you know, that created the characters. And I think they've got as much to lose as the fans that enjoy it. So I'd like to think that if it was all to do with them, then there'd be a bit more kind of care taken with it. But absolutely. I think sometimes people just make uh, a sequel because, you know, people liked it the first couple of times. Let's do another one, and it doesn't work. So, I, I'm with. I'm kind of fifty-fifty. I, I, half of me would love to see it, and half of me would would dread to to what it could be like. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if it does come out, I will be there opening night to see it. I'll probably see it a few times. Um, you know, it, it's kind of like you know, as you mentioned with like Zoolander or even like Anchorman uh, or even like Dumb and Dumber. Uh, Dumb and Dumber mm. was one of my movies when i was a kid and like i remember i saw it a few times in the theaters with my dad and and then when they came out the sequel and it's just ah i i was like i'd rather not like i'd rather they just just not come out with that and and i don't know like i said i i'm hoping for the best with that i i love keanu reeves i think he's incredibly talented even alex winter i I love, you know, watching them. I, I grew up watching them. And, you know, Keanu Reeves to this day is still badass. Like, I just watched John oh Wick. Oh, my God. <laughs> those John Wick films. Oh, my gosh. He could come out with 20 more of those movies, and I'd be fine with that. Like, you know. <laughs> so, But it's always hard to say. I mean, I there's part of me that doesn't want them to come out with a, 
another Bill and Ted movie, but then there's another part of me that's just like, yes, please do, please come out with another one. So <laughs> I'm I'm torn internally. <laughs> it's a shame. It's a shame that we don't actually have a real phone box because what could happen, what would be nice, is that they made it, and if it was really that bad, somebody could travel into the future and just destroy every copy of it. Yes. Or stop them yep. filming. I feel oh, like no. that's what happened with Shazam and Kazam. <laughs> oh my no. <laughs> oh that, Jason, I don't know if you know about this. But... Oh, absolutely. I, I swear <laughs> that movie came out like It's the bane of my life, Jason. Honestly, every week I have a meltdown about it and I'm like, I can see it, I can see it in my house. Like I know that I had it on VHS. Everybody right. everybody's seen the poster, right? Even I am convinced I've seen the poster, but I I know I've never seen the film. I know that I've seen the film. Like I know that I, I can see him in the costume. I can see him being all stupid and simbaddy. And everyone's like, "No, you're crazy." I'm not crazy. I've seen it. I I swear I've seen it too. I feel like that's this generation's like Bigfoot. You know, where it's like you know people have seen it, and then other people are like, "No, I can picture it." But yeah, I swear I've seen it too. You know. <laughs> There's so many like those Disney and like you know Sinbad movies like what was it First Kid where he was in Secret Service and he had to protect the president's son or something like that but you know it's like that type of thing where I was like I could definitely see the whole plot line in my head right now and and see what he looks like in his costume and yeah that yes. that movie definitely exists I I don't know maybe they got rid of the real Sinbad and now it's just like a imposter or something he literally was like I'm clear in the air I've never done it I'm like you're a liar. Yeah, he's a liar. He's paying he's been, you. He's been, he's been paid off. I love the fact that Jason Berry has, has just compared the whole Sinbad Shazam genie film with Bigfoot. And I suppose you could probably <laughs> throw in the Loch Ness Monster in there as well. Exactly. I agree, though. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. Somebody's got to get to the bottom of it. Yes, I agree. Next season of X-Files. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be a Black Mirror episode, and people are like... <laughs> <laughs> They'll be interviewing me, me, you, and Nick, like, it happened, we were there. <laughs> okay, well, on that note, we're not crazy, we swear, but yep. thank you so much, Jason, for coming on. I've had such a fun time listening to you, and I hope the guys have too. We super, super appreciate it, and we hope that you've had fun with us. Yeah, thank you guys so much. And uh, yeah, this was a lot of fun. I'm glad we finally got to make it happen. I know it's been something we've been talking about for a while. And um, yeah, but number one, like, thank you guys so, so much for all the support, you know, throughout the years and, and all our fans out there. Um, anybody who's ever been a part of Bill and Ted and the show in general, um, you know, I can't thank you guys enough. Like I said, this has been, you know, a highlight of my entire life. I met my fiance doing the show uh, back in 2010. And, you know, just everyone who I've met and worked with throughout the years, like, has inspired me beyond belief. Um, and everyone who's ever even supported the show or seen the show, loved the show, hated the show. Um, <laughs> I just thank everyone because it's that support that has, you know, helped Bill and Ted live on for so long. And, you know, now, even though it's just a memory, I'm forever grateful uh, to have even been a part of such a big production. And, you know, especially people, uh, you know, the Jason Horn, uh, Mike Aiello, uh, Patrick Braylord, you know, p- people like that who have, you know, put on such a great, you know, production and, and help write and direct, you know, something like that uh, and put so much blood, sweat and tears into it. It's, it's amazing. Um, so, you know, thank you guys for your continued support, and you know, I hope to see you uh, in the fall. 
Well, awesome. And look out for all of Jason's upcoming projects that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. And they sound super fun. And Jason, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Sorry, Luke, just, just before you ask your, your final question. But thank you so much for the, the work that you not only put into putting the show together in the first instance, but into your actual performance. Because, again, Bill and Ted's show would not be anything without the cast and without you two in the lead roles. Um, you know, I mean, that, I'm just, I didn't see people do other Bill and Ted shows. I'm sure they were equally as good, but the whole show rests on on how that's performed and if you both weren't as good as you were it wouldn't be the show that it was so thank you for all your effort oh thank you i appreciate it go on luke oh thank you for freaking talking with us dang like sorry i was late though you know Uh, traffic but yeah this was awesome just to hear like all the past stuff that's happened i love hearing all the questions be answered because I think of them all the time as well. But yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely have to do it again sometime. I'll, I'll this time I'll or next time I'll come prepared. I'll, I'll think of more stories and stuff that's happened. Uh, I'll get people <laughs> to help me out with that, and I don't know. We'll do a uh, joint interview or something. <laughs> definitely. Oh, you can just come on and talk crap with us because that's what we do every week anyway. All right, that sounds good. <laughs> I'll, I'll get a better drink next time too. <laughs> yes it has to be fancy and i said like i'm always looking like the alcoholic of the group so like it needs to have alcohol in it, <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <laughs> we'll record one in april when i'm there we'll record an in-person one we'll both have the fanciest cocktails deal we'll meet at uh sapphire falls at the uh rum bar there yes we'll try every kind of rum and then we'll record a podcast it'll be podcast gold oh. <laughs> fun i am <laughs> okay guys we will be back next week with another universal after dark probably won't be as good but tune in anyway bye-bye. bye bye way to sell the future oh. amanda <laughs> just being real <laughs> it's nick here just before uh, we end this podcast um, if you want to go back and listen to audio from one of the last ever bill and ted shows if you search on itunes or your podcast's app of choice for the ego podcast um it's episode i think number six uh it's labeled the bill and ted excellent adventure show so um if you want to hear audio from the show it's the entire show um that we've just been discussing then go and look for it there but uh, don't tell anyone from universal i sent you okay secret thank you for listening to this show if you would like to support us and the other After Dark Podcast Network shows, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash disafterdark. That's P-A-T-R-E-R-N dot com slash disafterdark. As well as supporting the show, there are other goodies available, including badges and soon t-shirts available as a thank you for your support.